Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. God is going to do a great work in us that is going to then lead into a great work with people that we know. There are people that we know that we've been praying for, We've been asking God, when will they come? We've been saying, when is it going to happen? I tell you, it's not very far away. It's not very far away because something is happening here which is just changing everything we ever thought. You know, we get into the patterns and the routines, but when it comes to it, He is above all the patterns and routines. And he moves powerfully as he chooses. And he's choosing to move powerfully even at this moment. This place is pregnant with the presence of God. And also it's like, I just felt it was like the Garden of Eden. That the fruit is so juicy that the juice is dripping from the fruit. And we're drinking, we're feasting on that juice. Who likes fruit juice? We all like fruit juice, but we should eat the fruit more. And so we're here. And I'm waiting for something to come up there because I'm not sure what's going to happen here until that comes up. Christian, oh, that's what it is. Oh, that's the subject this morning. Christian with a question mark. That's a very good one. Because there are some people even here this morning who feel that it's all right for us to be a Christian But for me, there's still too many questions. There's still too many things about the world, about things that are going on in the world, and I'm not sure. And so, you know, it's people, and I talk to them all the time. They say, oh, well, I come to church because I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy what goes on. But when it comes to the belief in God, I'm not sure. There are too many questions. And so when we ask the question, Christian, there's all sorts of views that people have. The first one is that Christians are religious people. They're religious. They like religion. They like like the structure. They like the way things come together. And they're the religious. So you meet people and say, I'm not the religious type. Meet those all the time. Not the religious type. And of course, I've got fed up of saying it now because I say I'm not religious either. I'm not religious. Because often with religious, we link in the whole thing about superstition. Superstition is part of religion. And so people think that religious means you're superstitious. You can't walk under a ladder. You know, you can't see two magpies. You, whatever it is, it's superstition. And so people link superstition with religion. And they say, oh, well, that's not for me. I'm not the superstitious type or the religious type. And then there are other people who see that Christians are do-gooders. They want to be seen to be helping people who are underprivileged and poor. And, that, and, and therefore, it's a pride thing. They look on Christians and say, you know, you're proud and, and what you want to see is that you're not like anyone else because you do good. I linked him with that is goody-goodies. People think that Christians are goody-goodies. They look at me and say, I'm a goody-goody. And uh, the problem is that if you don't swear a lot, you know, and I don't, so I have sworn. I remember swearing in front of my dad and he knocked me from here to next week. 
He says, never let me hear you using that language again. I said, oh, sorry. And uh, well, I didn't say sorry. I felt I hated him at that moment, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, that taught me a lesson. I haven't used many sort of expletives. But the trouble is, when you're in the world in which we are, and people are using these expletives, F this, be this, uh, you know, see this, and all that sort of stuff, and, and it, then they look at you and say, well, when are you going to say a few Fs and a few blinds? You know, what's up with you? Don't you lose your temper? I say, yeah, I lose my temper, don't worry. And so therefore, that's a problem sometimes. They think, a goody-goody, you know, he doesn't swear, which is not very good. But the thing is, I can lose my temper, and I tell you, they've seen it when I lose my temper, and it's not nice. Hypocrite is another word, hypocrite. You know, people who are in church, they're hypocrites. They, you know, they say one thing, but really they're something else. They say they believe in something, but really they don't believe that at all. I was with someone and uh, I'd spoke, it was actually a job I went for, I went for this job, and in my CV, my CV was all about my faith. It was all about my work for Jesus, and that was all in my CV, you know. So it was obvious through my CV, and all the conversation in my, the interview was about my belief in God, why I believed in God, why, you know, I was following Jesus. And I was surprised then later on when I was at, actually got the job, I got the job, and the boss said to me, do you believe in God? I was shocked. Do you believe in God? I said, well, you know, I've talked to you. We've said, see, he said, but not everyone in your position does believe in God. And so people say hypocrite because, you know, you can be in the church and you can appear to be the real deal, but really, you don't really believe it. And you go just because of the social aspect of being together with friends and stuff. And then another one is that people understand Christian as a churchgoer. Well, that's, that's obvious, you know, you just go to church. Uh, brainwashed. Brainwashed. Well, people look at me and think I'm brainwashed sometimes. It's because I can make funny faces. Funny faces. Brainwashed. And then the final one is escapist. Christians are all escapists. They, they can't face the reality of life. Well, we all know that's not true. And so therefore, we've just come through the Christmas period, and I thought it'd be good to clarify what we mean by Christian, okay? Because we know that none of those that I've just said are the reality of what a Christian is. So what is Christian? What is a Christian? Because as we move forward into 2018, it's very important that we understand our own identity and the identity of those around us so that we can seek to be Jesus' messenger to them through this coming year. So, there's a verse which Julian thought twice about when I sent it to him, said so this verse this morning, and he had to clarify, is this the verse you meant? Because it's a verse that we wouldn't normally pick for the Christmas sort of season. And it's in Luke 2.21, and this is just the coat hanger that I'm hanging on everything I'm doing here. See, that's a very inspiring verse, that, isn't it? Do you see how inspiring that is? On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. What I want us to get hold of this morning is that we've had eight days now since Christmas Day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We've had eight days. But in that eight days, it has been phenomenal in the Bible. We've seen shepherds on the fields looking after their sheep. We've seen them just getting on with their business. And they've seen angels in the sky. They've seen trumpets, they've seen people playing trumpets and all sorts of stuff. They've seen all of that. They've seen an angel saying, 
there's a child born in Bethlehem, you need to get down there. And it's all razzmatazz, you know, all incredibly supernatural and everything else. But when we come to eight days later, the supernatural is still there, but it's all matter of fact. On the eighth day, the time to circumcise him, they named him Jesus. So when we think about Christian, this is where we start today, Jesus, Jesus. It's such a simple name, but has such a weight of meaning and experience. Jesus. We've sung all the songs today about Jesus and about who Jesus is. Jesus, very, very simple. And so when we think about Christian, we think about Jesus, and we think about the simplicity of all that that means, Jesus. Jesus. It's a simple name, but it's got a lot of meaning, which was begun to be revealed during the Christmas story. But I want us to get hold of that Jesus. Because when we think about being a Christian, it's not complicated. Sometimes our lives are complicated. Our lives are very complicated because we make decisions, things happen, uh, things happen to us and become very complicated. But Jesus is simple. Jesus is simple. And he's not far from any one of us. And he's right here in this room this morning. And we can look back when we think about Jesus to that time when the angel said to Mary and the angel said to the shepherds, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So, Jesus is a saviour. We sang the song this morning. He is running for you. He's coming for you. And when we think about a Christian, we're not talking about someone who does good to be accepted by God and others. We're talking about someone who's being looked out for by God. God is looking out for you this morning. He's looking out for your friends. And we know the, the parable of the father and the son, the story of the father and his two sons, the prodigal son we call it. It says, while the prodigal son was a long way off, the father was looking for him. And so that's how it is. When we think about Jesus as a savior, saving his people from their sins, this is what we see. We see someone looking out. And the great thing is that Jesus knew us in all eternity. He knew the day we would be born. He knew how, who our parents would be. And in that day, he had a plan for us which is amazing. And I was only talking to my brother this morning. We were talking about how you come to Jesus and think, now my life's starting. But then you look back and you see everything that happened in your life, which was God working in your circumstances, even before you came to Jesus. It's quite amazing, isn't it? And that's what is true, because before we were born, even before our mums and dads knew us, and our mums and dads only get to know us when we're born out of our mums, and then they start to have the experience of a crying baby, which is tough to start with, isn't it? I remember the first night when Rebecca came home. It drove me nuts. But I was more worried about the neighbours and I was worried about her because I was worried that she'd keep crying the neighbours would be disturbed because the walls were like, you know, they were like nothing. And I said to Mary, I said, well, how do we shut her up? You know, how do we keep her quiet? And she said, don't worry about our neighbours. We're not worried about them. We're just worried about our little baby, Rebecca. And of course, Rebecca has grown up to be a big lady, and we're, pray we're, we're glad that she's involved in worshipping with us. 
here in Comchurch. But that was what it was like. And so we don't know our children till they're born and then we get to know them. But God knew us even before we were an idea. Because John's gospel talks about, he said that we were born not because of the will of man, not because of the will of a husband, but because of the will of God. So everyone born into the world on this planet has been born according to the purpose of God. And then we need to work out how that works out which is what I'm talking about this morning. And so therefore, his name is Jesus. He's a saviour, looking out. But of course we know that the story says, we sing it in the carols a lot, that he came to die on a cross. He shed his blood. We've sung that this morning. And it's a whole package. And then after three days, he rose to life again. So the key central uh, part of being a Christian is to know why Jesus came, what Jesus did, and what the future purpose is. So that's what being a Christian is. And we want to get hold of that this morning. And so when we think of Jesus, he's a saviour of his people from their sins. Now sin is another big thing. After we've seen the saviour, the sin is the next big issue. Because that is the big issue we all have to overcome. And it's, it's hard, it's tough. Because all of us are sinners. And if, if some of us came to Jesus as children, we're aware of some sort of sin. But by the time we become adults, we become Christians... There's been a lot of water under the bridge. And some people don't give themselves fully to Jesus because they think that they've done so much bad stuff that they just hope that God will be merciful to them. But what they need to remember is that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for them while they were still sinners. He didn't die for people who turned over a new leaf and, uh, and were making a good effort. He, turned, he died for people who were still sinners. So when he comes to us and he welcomes us in, he's saying, I welcome you as you are. Come in as you are. And we come to Jesus, and Jesus begins to change us. But sometimes our pride says, I want to be changed overnight. Because I've been involved in such bad circumstances, and I've made such bad decisions, I need a new life in terms of starting again. There's nothing, a clean sheet. But there's no clean sheet there's only the, clean, the cleaning that Jesus does when we come to him and give our lives to him. And he makes it just as if I'd never sinned. This is not a doctrinal little word, but if it was, I'd be going into that about justification and that. But I, I feel a bit tired thinking about that, so I'm not going to go there now. But maybe on another occasion, we might start going into those sort of things if there is another occasion. Because after today, Julie might think, he's the last time he's speaking on that platform. You know what I mean? That's the way it could be, because... You know, you get that. I mean, I, I said to people before, you know, I've been in churches and said to them, you know, if you've got any problem with anything I've said, please come and speak to me. And there's been a big queue. You know, they've all queued up. And, and the good thing was in this church, they said we're going to have refreshments in the middle of the meeting. So it helped because by the time I got down this line, it was, I was tired and I started to speak well, more. You know what I mean? So, and usually the problem that people have is they come to you and say, why were you talking about me in front of people? They say. You know, why were you telling people what's wrong with me? And I said, well, <laughs> I don't even know who you are. How can I be doing that? I said, well, you were talking about my life. I said, well, I'm sorry if I was doing that. I said, because I didn't mean to do that. I'm really sorry. And so all the time, what happens is the sin in our lives, because the Holy Spirit comes and he brings a conviction of what's there, we feel bad and we think that everyone is pointing the finger at us and saying, you big, big sinner. That's what we think. But of course it's not true. Because let's face it, if you're a big sinner, so am I. And I'm not going to go into this now either, but when I was speaking in the evening, I was sharing some personal confessions. 
You know, one day you might hear some of my confessions, but I tell you, I've had some big temptations. And those temptations are poof. And I tell you, I've been walking with Jesus since I was a child. And I've done some sin. Ah! But Jesus is the saviour. Jesus is the saviour. And before I was born, he saw me and he set me apart. And he began to work in my circumstances so I would come to know him. And my testimony is incredible because I was eight years old when I had this testimony. I saw a film. It was called Thief in the Night. It's a very old film now, a very corny film now. When you see it now, you think, oh, can we make films like that? So maybe we need to start making films again of a proper nature, you know. I know they exist somewhere. And I saw this film, and it was Jesus was going to come again. Of course, that's all part of the gospel. Jesus is coming again. And when Jesus comes again, he's going to take to himself those who have totally given their lives to him, trusted in him. And I realized this night, not at the time of the film, but later on, I was in my dad's car, in his van, and we had a van. And there were no seats in the back, and I just used to roll around in the back of the van. You know, you can see him him and my mum were in the front, nice, comfortable. I was in the back rolling around as he was doing this, you know, big driving around the corners. And I remember in the back of this van, thinking about this film I'd seen, The Thief in the Night, and thinking, well, if Jesus came again, would I be with him? So it sort of came to me. As a little, I was only young, under 10. Would Jesus come to me? I thought, oh, no, I don't think, I'm not sure. And for the first time, I was conscious in my life of praying to Jesus and saying, Lord Jesus, I need you to come into my life. Please come in now. As a, little, a young boy. And Jesus did come into my life because that changed things direction. So although I didn't have a big experience other than I was safe, <laughs> that was the experience. It's not that I loved Jesus and everything. It was that I was safe now as I put my trust in him. That was the beginning of a change in my life, which then culminated when I was a teenager, when I had a massive, a massive experience of the Holy Spirit. Massive. You know, it was amazing that the man, had, the bloke had gone to college, a, a friend, he'd gone to university, he came back, he was full of joy of the Lord. He had a guitar. He said, come on, let's sing some songs. Let's go out on the, on the seafront. So went out on the seafront singing these songs, telling about Jesus. He said, right now, let's do some speaking. And he used to give me a piece of bread. He said, speak about that piece of bread. And so I'm speaking about this piece of bread because I was brought up on the Bible, so that helped. I talk about the bread of life. And then he'd say, talk about this bag. I said, well, what is a bag? It needs to be filled up. Okay, so that's how I started as a Christian. I started as a Christian, which is true for all of us. We all need to get going as a Christian. And so therefore, I'm talking about the bad things in our life. We're, 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 you know, we need to deal with it. But we don't deal with it. Jesus has dealt with it on the cross. So what we need to do is let it go and let him deal with it. Let him have it. And then we need to be face up to it. So after we've put our trust in Jesus, we just are honest and say, I still struggle with this. I still struggle with this. And if we can handle it ourselves by prayer, that's good. If we can't handle it ourselves, we need to go to other people and say, can you help me? Because I'm still struggling with this. Because what tends to happen is people make a commitment to Jesus, they become a Christian, and then what they do is they struggle on their own trying to get it together, and you can't do it. You need to be part of the brotherhood. You need to be part of the family. You need to start sharing around, and that's what we need to see happen. So Jesus came to be the saviour from our sins. But then it says... Matthew 1.23, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the next exciting thing about Christmas, that God is now with us. 
He's not just behind a law. He's not just behind a regulation. He's not just behind a rule. And people often say to me, I would become a Christian, but I won't because there's too many rules in the church. You can't do this. You can't do that. You, you know. And I'm saying to them, well, the thing is, the rules are there to help us. They're there to protect us. But we don't live according to the rules. We live according to the life. We live according to the life. Jesus said, I have come, they might have life, and life in all its fullness. We come to live in the life. And that's great. The presence of the Lord is very strong here this morning. And we take it away with us. And I've learned over the years to take the presence of Jesus with me into my home. And I want my family to keep experience the presence of Jesus in my home. And when I pray every morning, I want people to experience the presence of Jesus. Because it's all about Jesus. And it's all about his reality. It's all about having a relationship with him. Because he is with us. And we need that. Because too many people in church have no relationship with him. You know, if we did a little, a little experiment this morning, I'm afraid to say that there'd not be many of us who read the Bible every day. Now, there are circumstances, which, that, which are which busyness and all that sort of thing. We all understand all of that, because we've all been there. I've had three children. I know what it's like trying to find time. In fact, I had five children at one time, because my nieces came to stay, and I was kicked out of my bed, and I had to sleep on the floor. And that happened for a year. A year I had to sleep on the floor. So I wasn't a happy man, you know, at that time. Not happy at all. But the thing is, I've been there... I know what it's like. We know what it's like when you've got the business. But you've got to come to the point where if you have a relationship with anyone, you need to spend time. I would never have married my wife if I would not spent time alone with her. I would never have married her because she wouldn't have liked me much. Because you don't get to like people until you spend time with them. You know, when you get married, I mean, we know they're shotgun weddings, but I don't know anyone who's had a shotgun wedding, do you? Well, some people do because there's arranged marriages, so we're not going to go into that one. Okay. Um, so we're not, we're not going to do that. You know, we could get into all sorts of deep water here this morning. We're not going to do that. So, but basically, you know, you see your, the, the wife, like my wife Mary, the best woman in the world, been with her for 40 years. Can you imagine that? 40 years. Oh, she is at the back. I thought she hadn't come this morning because she didn't want to be embarrassed by me. But, oh, there, well, she's embarrassed here this morning. But anyway, never mind. And uh, so... You know, she's put up with me for 40 years. And it's true, because I've been a pain sometimes. A real pain, because I'm so clear. Oh, this, 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 this. And she says, will you settle down, Andrew? Just settle down. You need to take it easy. And of course, my daughters have followed her. And they're all saying, oh, be, be careful. Dad. Settle down, Dad. Settle down. So I've been dominated by the women in my life. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a... So we, we thank God for those women. But anyway, my wife Mary, you know, I mean... I met her and I fancied her in the beginning. I did fancy her. What do you mean I don't fancy her now? Of course I still fancy her. Of course I do. But, you know, I, you know, I, I fancied her at the beginning. I thought, oh, she's good looking, isn't she? And the, and the thing was, what also attracted me to her was her faith. She was a real Christian. Christian, question mark. She'd only just become a Christian out of a Catholic background. And uh, she was really on fire. She picked up a guitar, learnt the guitar. She was out there singing in the highways and byways. Everywhere she could, singing with people, singing about Jesus. That excited me. I thought, well, that's the sort of woman I can live with, you know? And so I quickly felt, this is going to be a woman for me, but that's not enough because I needed to spend time with her. And she spent time with me, and we used to go around doing stuff together. And gradually I felt, I love this woman, you know, and I want to spend the rest of my life with this woman because it was a gradual build-up of stuff. The relationship. Same with Jesus. 
with Jesus. Some people find it hard to keep following Jesus because they, can't, they don't spend any time with Jesus. And it's hard because of the circumstances. But even if we just have five minutes, you know, five minutes, I would talk about bathrooms, but I'm not going to talk about much about that because that would be a bit ni- not dicey for some people. But, I mean, a bathroom is a good place, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you run yourself a bath, you, who has baths here? Anyone have a bath? You have a bath. So, therefore, you could run yourself a bath, just lay in the water, just memorize some verses before you go in, and just sit there and think about, oh, how he loves me. Before I was born, he knew me in my mother's womb. He's, he's coming to look, he's looking for me. Can you imagine that every time you're in the bath, you use the time to do that? It's fantastic, isn't it? Now, if we all do that, you know, together, our relationship with Jesus is going to increase and increase and increase and increase. And the more that relationship increases, the more the Spirit of God moves when we're together. And miracles happen, miracles happen even without prayer. Because the miracle just happens. You can be on the back row, and because you're in that place with Jesus where you're loving him, you're spending time with him, a miracle happens just as you're sitting there. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm not talking at the top of my head here because I've seen it happen. I've been in church where the church is so alive that Holy Spirit is doing stuff all across the meeting room and people are being set free. And there's such a joy in that place, such a joy, a joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, the Bible says. So you imagine, if we want to build up joy, we want to do that. Hallelujah. I'm getting Pentecostal now, which is unusual for me. I'm saying hallelujah, it's very, very Pentecostal. Anyway, I'm full of the Holy Spirit, so. Okay, and then the other thing that it says there in Luke 1.33, it says this. We're talking about Christian. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. And this is, I'm going to finish now, which you'll be pleased to know. And um, his kingdom will never end. And that's important because it means that what we begin now, when we've come to Jesus... It means then it will carry on for all eternity and will go from here into heaven. Heaven starts now because when you believe in Jesus and receive him after he's chased you and he wants you to come, he says to you, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. When we respond to that and we come to him, heaven has begun. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And when we sang that song, somebody used to ring a bell, jing, 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 which is Christmas. Sorry, I'm showing my age there. Please just forgive me for that one. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. So heaven is there. Now, it's important that when people begin to put their trust in Jesus, they accept his forgiveness, they are cleansed in his blood, they, they begin to live a new life, they live in the presence of Jesus because God is with us. It's important to understand that we've then come into his kingdom in an awake sense. We're awakened to his kingdom. And this is, in Com Church, one of the biggest hints that it's time to finish is when all the bands start going out. And you know you better start trying to wind it up. I'm going to try and wind it up. So the kingdom means that we begin to walk as Jesus walked. So you come to Jesus, you accept him as your saviour, you receive his forgiveness, you start to live a new life, he starts to deal with your sin, you start to take responsibility, all of that, then you begin to live in the kingdom. Now, We follow Jesus. That's what a Christian is. Christian, following Jesus. We see Jesus, he walks among the community. So when he goes to Sainsbury's, and he didn't, although he's there with Sainsbury's with us, he's not just gone to Sainsbury's to do shopping. He's gone to Sainsbury's to check how people are in Sainsbury's. 
And when he's walking down the aisles, he's looking at people's faces and seeing what are they going through? What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? And then he's looking at the checkout people and he's saying, I wonder what they're going through today. How much encouragement do they need? And so to be a Christian is to follow Jesus within the kingdom and then you become aware at your workplace. Become, you're aware of the personalities, the people that are there. And you're thinking, Lord Jesus, what are you doing for them today? What are you, how are you using me? And so that's the beginning of the kingdom. That's the kingdom. We're working in the kingdom. And then it is as a relationship develops and people are not feeling well and stuff, you can have the confidence to say, would you like me to pray with you? And the great thing about prayer is you don't have to draw a big thing about it. You can just quietly, with your eyes open, just simply say a prayer, either with them or when you're going away. You just say, I'll be praying for you, and you do it. So that's the kingdom. That's all the kingdom. So when you become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you accept Jesus as your saviour, his blood cleanses you from your sins, you begin a new life, his presence is with you, you begin to understand that you've been called to be a missionary. Every person who's, who's called, uh, come to Jesus, they're all called to be a missionary, everyone, everyone. There's not sort of two classes of people. The pastors and leaders are the ones who are called, and the rest of us who are hoping for the grace of God just to see us by. We are all in this together. The body of Christ is the whole of Com Church together. And as, as was said to us a few weeks ago, we don't have an evangelism team because the whole church is the evangelist. The whole church is the evangelist. And what's going to happen as we move forward, and, and I'm sure that Julian and Helen are going to share more about this because they share the vision of the track, the souls and the helping the disadvantaged. We're going to hear more of that. This is what we're moving down. And I'm on it. You know, I joined this church. I signed up. I'm a member. Uh, I haven't been a member of a church since I was a, a, a young person. It's a new experience for me being a member of a church because I've been used to going around from church to church and speaking and ministering. So I'm so pleased to be in Com Church and be part of this church and to have a new experience. We're all working together. And so the kingdom is involved. We're involved in that kingdom. And so therefore we need to talk to each other about the state of our faith. We need to talk to each other about our belief. We need to talk to each other about how we can get stronger in our belief and our faith. And then we need together to go and be sensitive to our community. So I've said all this this morning, and you're all thinking, oh, well, that was okay. Not bad for a New Year's message, uh, end of the year. But the thing is, I asked the question, who is a Christian? And I said that some are not Christians because they think they're not good enough. They think other people are do-gooders and they're not hypocrites. But I say, you might be here this morning and you've been struggling about submitting and giving your life to Jesus. And you might feel that this morning is what you want to do. You want to give your life to Jesus. That's what you might feel. You might feel you've been coming to the church for some time, but you've never actually said, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. And you want to do that today because he's only a prayer away. You know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal in what, when we've done it, but it's not a big deal in doing it. And there might be people here this morning who are saying, yes, I want to make this the day before this new year starts, 2018, where I surrender my life to Jesus and begin to live for him fully. Not just be a churchgoer, not just be someone who likes to help people as much as I can, but someone who wants to love Jesus, be in his presence and work in his kingdom. So what we're going to do is we're all going to stand now to our feet.
as I close. Let's all stand to our feet. Because, you know, Jesus is coming towards us. And we're coming to Jesus. We're coming to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is moving in this meeting here this morning. And He knows your struggle. He knows your problem. He knows what you're grappling with this morning. He knows those questions in your mind. And He knows those emotions that you feel. He knows how stressed you feel. And you just think there's got to be an answer here. And He's right here with you right now. The Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving here right now. And as He's moving... And you say, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to give myself to him. Then I'm going to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer together, which is a prayer of commitment and dedication to Jesus. As we leave this old year and start the new year, we're going to move through with a new confidence because we're going to really let Jesus be our saviour. We're going to move in his presence and we're going to start working in his kingdom. So this is the prayer. Please pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that I'm in this meeting this morning. Thank you that you saw me before I was born. And you had a plan and a purpose for me. And right now, Lord Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I am sorry for the things that I've done that I shouldn't have done. And I'm sorry for the things I should have done that I haven't. Please forgive me. And right now, Lord Jesus, I open up my life and say, please come in. Come in to heal me. Come in to cleanse me. Come in to give me a new life. And I thank you right now, Lord Jesus, that you have heard this prayer and that you have come into my life and you have changed me. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will now move amongst this place. And everyone who prayed that prayer, that Lord Jesus, they will experience your presence very closely and you will set them free and move them on. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless. God bless.